Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Because You Went to Therapy podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Ashley. And this is actually a really exciting week for me and Ashley because not only do we have an awesome interview, we're actually going to meet up in Chicago this weekend. So we are so excited to see each other and to see our friends. Yes, finally more content, in-person content. <laughs> <laughs> we, will, we will be sharing everything, so definitely check out our um because we went to therapy Instagram, because we will be sharing our whole weekend. Um, most of it, of course, <laughs> not everything. Right. And this but... is the this is the first time we've been physically together since we started the podcast. I know. And it, that's crazy. I mean, like, I feel like we see each other a lot more than like, this is longer than we've gone for a while. Right. Um, and so it's really exciting to be in person together. And we'll definitely be shooting some um, content. So we're excited. Right. For cross-country best friends, like, we probably see each other a little bit more than normal, but I don't think we've seen each other since October, right? And it's currently April. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think for Courtney's um, engagement party, we haven't seen each other since then. Yeah, it seems like such a long time, but also not that long. I don't know. Winter was a very dark time for me, so I think I just black it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I was so like entranced in like wedding planning and everything. So like the months went by so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're really excited not only about our interview today, but also about seeing each other in person. And if you listen to our episode from two weeks ago um, with our best friend, Courtney, um, you can learn all about the people that we're going to be spending the weekend with. Yes, absolutely. So we are so excited for this interview today. It's probably one of my favorite ones that we've ever done. We're talking to Kinsey Elizabeth. She is a YouTuber, vlogger. She is on TikTok, Instagram, all the things. She's a business owner. She owns Breadwinning Housewife merch. And then she also is coming out with uh, her own clothing line that she designed called The O-Kind later this month, which we'll talk about a little bit. But she's very open on her platforms talking about all things like mental health, psychology, anxiety, depression. So she's always somebody that even though she's a couple years younger than Emily and I have always thought that she was so cool and kind of looked up to her in a way because she's just so dang relatable and open about everything. And it almost just feels like we were friends. And then now we finally got to meet her on the podcast. It was like such a meta moment for me being able to, like talk to somebody that I've watched on my TV before. And we delve into all things about like parasocial interactions, relationships, finally meeting somebody that you watched online for years. So it's definitely a really, really interesting interview. And we try to talk about different aspects of the mental health of being online than you might normally hear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We also talk about a disorder that both Ashley and Kenzie have and they navigate. And we also talk about being boundaries around social media. And we also talk about like being on the other side, like an influencer side and how what that experience is like for Kenzie. So yeah, buckle up because it's a fun one. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So let's just go ahead and get into it. 
Hey y'all, today we have Kenzie Elizabeth with us. Um, I want to connect with her for a long time because I'm a big fan of watching her YouTube videos and her own podcast, the I Love You So Much podcast. And she's super open about therapy and mental health on all of her platforms, which I've always really admired because obviously like our podcast is all about talking about therapy and mental health and all that good stuff. And um, she talked about in one of her vlogs in early March, talking about like the psychological side, a little bit of being on social media and connecting with followers and having haters and everything that comes with having an online public persona. So yeah, I just kind of wanted to delve a little bit more into that. So Kenzie, thanks for coming on and meeting with us. Thanks for having me guys. I'm excited. Yes, of course. So the first question that I wanted to ask to kind of like kick off this whole conversation about psychology and having a presence on social media is, do you find it hard to have to create those boundaries with social media in your personal life? Because I know you've been online for probably what, like 10 years now. Is that right? Yeah, almost. Um, I think it comes in waves like sometimes it's super easy sometimes it's difficult I would say sorry by the way guys I'm not feeling my best for the listeners now and my dog is also sick so we're just like a mess over here my energy levels are low but if anything I'll just be more chill today you know um but with boundaries with social media and my personal life I feel that it's gotten a lot easier since I've lived in Texas because all of my friends here for the most part are like normal people that don't like share their lives online. So most of my friends here are like normal people who don't put their lives on the internet. And I have a very large group of friends that like they have never seen, like have never been on my channels or anything like that. So because I don't really include my social life much besides like, obviously like my best friend, Dom and a few people. um, I think that that's, naturally created better boundaries for me and I that I didn't have when I was younger mm-hmm, definitely and you would say that probably came more like after you graduated college yeah. mm-hmm. so there's definitely a big difference between just living in LA and living in Dallas yeah and I don't even know if it's I mean I'm sure city to city totally big difference but also my life when I was in college I was just so busy and my a lot of my content was around like being in college. So like I naturally had to, like I, even like people that I dated were on my channel that I would have never normally shared at least that early on, but I didn't really have a choice because like my life was so enmeshed in college. Like college is such a bubble. It was a lot harder for me to like separate filming versus not filming because like my entire life basically was college or like podcasting. There was nothing else for me to film if I wasn't filming in college. Whereas now post-grad, like I have obviously like my days to myself where I'm working for myself or from home I just find it it's been easier I think a lot of it is a city and then a lot of it's just like my life at the time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we actually we actually talked about college life on our podcast a couple weeks ago and how like kind of what you're saying it's so hard because you're so enmeshed in that that's like state of being and like I'm not sure where you went to college but like we went to a big party school and so like all the expectations came with that and so it's good to hear that you've been able to create more boundaries in your um, post-grad life around work and um, social life and personal self-care yeah college is so weird like it's just it's like a really nice I think like in ways safety net between like childhood and adulthood 
But it's also just so like when you actually think about the concept of college and like those four years and how like you just don't really see outside of the school. I went to a school in LA, so it wasn't really my experience. But just talking to okay. my friends who went to like a more traditional school, they're all, it, like it was just like like post grad blues are so real. It's such a weird bubble to come out of. A hundred percent. I know something Emily and I really struggled with because we went to college uh, together. We actually met in our sorority and it was just like the whole, I mean, for the first probably one to two years, we were out of college. We're 27 now. We were like just floating, had no idea what we were doing, what we were going to do with our lives. We're like moving city to city, just vibing, just trying to figure it out. So I feel like you, I mean, just from like watching your videos, I mean, I feel like you really have it together, but I know you've talked a lot about having imposter syndrome too, which is so relatable for us too, because I mean, for me, like if I watch your videos, I'm like, oh, it seems like Kinsey has it so together. Like she's such a boss, like she has a house, she has these different businesses and all these things that, you know, like your routine is all together. You're working out, you're going to the gym, you're doing all the things you want to do, but it's still really valid when you say that you feel like you have imposter syndrome and you're like, wait, I'm an adult now. Like what's next? It's really weird. Cause I, I'm 24. I own a house. I own a car, like everything in my life. I couldn't, besides getting married and having kids, I own a business. Like besides that, like there's not really much more that I could do that would like signify being an adult, but I still feel like I'm 17. Like it's very odd. Um, and then I think imposter syndrome comes to like, I'm just in my career as things are like going well, like there's more opportunity that's coming. And when that stuff comes in, that's more when I'm like, I don't know about this. Like that like really freaks me out or like makes me worried or nervous or whatever, which I think that like, I think I have imposter syndrome more like situationally than I do always. Uh, but I definitely deal with it at times. Mm-hmm. And um, just to let you know, Kenzie, I'm getting married in October and I still don't feel like an adult. I'm like, I'm going to have a husband? What? Like, that's the weirdest <laughs> concept. So I don't even think that that makes us an adult either or feel like an adult. I don't think, does anything ever, like, when do you feel like an adult, you know? No idea. We're still trying to figure that out. Maybe we'll let you yeah. know when we're like 30. Or maybe that helps. Maybe I like we just for some reason thought it would feel different to feel be an adult, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't you think I remember? Like, go ahead, Em. I was just gonna say, like, don't you feel like we're always like waiting for the next stage? Like, okay, we're in high yeah. school, we're waiting for college, and then college, we're waiting to be an adult, and then like when we're adults, we're waiting to like for a career to take off, and then we're waiting to get you know married if that's what we want, and then to have kids if that's what we want. I feel like it's always like waiting for the next level instead of just like enjoying what we're doing right now absolutely Mm -hmm. and then we find out it's all just a social construct like Emily (laughs) and I were talking about this a while ago we're like all the rules of adulthood are just literally made up like someone made these up made it normal and we're supposed to follow it and I don't know I remember when I was in high school being like a senior being 17 18 and being like oh yeah, by 24, I'm going to be married and have kids. And now I'm 27 and I'm like, hold up. (laughs) Like, why did I think at 23, 24, I was like going to be capable of being there in my life? I was just not at the time, which is okay. Yeah, no, I totally feel that. So is it ever like awkward meeting people that follow you on your social medias in person? Um, no, I'm also, like, not an awkward person, though. 
I don't, it's never awkward. People are always really nice and cool. Um, I think sometimes like a lot of my friends here have known me since I was like 10. So I think it's for them and they're like, what? Like, they, cause like they just have known me forever and they just like, don't get it. Um, but no, it's never awkward. I, I always have like really nice people. That's good too, because I feel like for myself right now, it's kind of like a meta moment. Cause I'm like, wait, I like watch you on YouTube and then I'm talking back and forth with you in person. Mm. Like just those kind of parasocial relationships where it's very one-sided because like in our example, like I could watch videos of your life of like what you put online, but you had yeah. no idea until just like 10 minutes ago, <laughs> you would never talk to me, but I feel like I know, like I know who Dom is and I know who some of your friends mm -hmm. are and like what your businesses are and stuff. So it's definitely, I don't know, it's such a 21st century thing, parasocial relationships and knowing like there's these people online. Cause before I was researching the history of kind of like parasocial relationships, just because I find it so interesting. And before social media, it was more so like you were just watching people on TV or like in the movies. And like, that was all you had. And now you can see people on social media and they're sharing like their day to day. It feels more like a normal friendship and scientifically like your brain can't differentiate between knowing somebody in real life and just like watching them on TV or the phone or the computer or whatever. So oh, I don't know. That's like, a yeah, it's so interesting. I feel like there's so much more research that can be done on it too, because it's such a brand new concept, like not really something mm -hmm. that we had to worry about before the prevalence of social media. Yeah. Well, I think too, like, that's also like the, one of the most common things people say is like, I feel like I know everything about your life. and like, <laughs> you've never even met me before. Um, but I also think I'm used to that. But now that I'm thinking about meeting people out about, there are times when people like, and not having anything to do, th there's just been times where like people just like cross a lot of boundaries that are just like, okay, there's really been one specific setting that's happened a few times with the same person. Um, that's just like a little bit, I, I don't know, like I'm just like an extreme lack of boundaries where you feel like a little bit unsafe. Um, but I think the parasocial, like it's, it's so interesting because there's people I watch online and then I have forever who like don't probably know who I am. And I'm like, oh my God, I know everything about your life. How are you? What's up? Whatever, you know? Um, but yeah, that is really interesting. It is such a new thing too, but it's also in a way like I started this when I was 16. I'm 24 now. Like it's kind of like most of all I've ever known. So like, I don't think like I'm that way with other people. I like just think it's funny, you know? Yeah. And, and from an influencer side, do you feel, you know, how some of the influencers I watch online will be like, I feel like I like know you guys too. And you're like family to me. Like, is that, and I'm not trying to like shade them if that's not true. I'm just like curious from like that point of view. Do you feel like you also know, like, your followers I guess or like if you the ones you interact with more even if it's just on social media like I guess I'm wondering if that's like an accurate thing if it really is truly just fully one-sided if there's any bit of like oh yeah I feel like the people that have been following me for a long time like and connect like I know them to some extent too I don't know if that makes sense no I feel that way and I'm also like very engaged with my audience we all have this especially the girls who are in like my Geneva chat there's like this app that has like a big group chat and I talk to them like all the time. I also, I do a lot of people who follow me, like naturally who you follow people who you're kind of similar, you have similar tastes. You have something in common with if you're following them, right? 
So a lot of the time, I, it's girls that like I would just be friends with in real life. Um, but I, I actually definitely do feel that way. I can't speak for everyone. Um, but I'm just like a lot more like community based than I am like following based. Like I would much rather like people become friends and like actually create community and you know whatever, whether that's like online or in different cities. So I definitely feel that way. But I also, I, I'm sure not everyone does, but sure. um, that's kind of how I feel. Yeah. And That's we actually really just cool interviewed <laughs> someone that we met on the Geneva group chat oh, really? last week. Yeah, that, that so we cool. connected with there. So yeah, it's definitely like very, your, you know, followers are very community based, which I really like because it's like, sometimes if you move to a new city, it's hard to meet people. And I found success mm-hmm. with, you know, like if we follow like the morning toast, for example, or like follow you we can kind of connect and be like oh we both live in wisconsin like let's go grab a drink or get coffee or something like that so because like you said if you follow that person you probably have similar interests so it's just like Mm -hmm. you know a new common way to meet people in like a looser way it's almost like a a mutual friend is setting you up you know like it's cool but i've met girls in dallas out all the time who are like oh my god we met in your geneva group chat like it it really does work people make friends all the time Mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah that is awesome um would you ever say like with your you know almost 10 years being on social media especially i know you've talked briefly in some of your videos in podcasts like about cancel culture and do you ever feel nervous about stuff that you post online or that you've posted in the past? Because I know for myself, for example, especially the last couple of years and like, I don't even have a presence on social media at all. Just like my college friends and high school friends, but it almost feels like you have to comment on everything or like post about every, you know, topic that's going on in the world. So do you feel pressure to do that? Yes. And I talked about this with Justin Anderson and just on the topic of cancel culture, like in the back of my head, that is always like, it's like a weird worry because I am not anyone who said or done or even thinks I'm very progressive. So like none of that stuff that I would say would ever be bad or like cancel or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, The thing though, that I do think is really unhealthy for our culture and will be interesting to see like the effects in, I don't even think it's going to take a few years. I think it's current, like, right now. We were not created to know the tragedies that are happening all over the world all the time. Like, obviously, in our towns, and our areas, things like that, yes. But we were not created to, like, have that amount of access. And it's not in a way of being, like, insensitive and, like, oh, you shouldn't care, whatever. But, like, no human being has the capacity or the capability to fully commit themselves and fully like just continue to take on all of this like news that is heartbreaking but you just weren't created for that like I really we we were not meant to know every single thing so I think it is scary too especially when it's like a world conflict or something and someone wants an influencer to speak out about it who's not educated on it found out about the world the conflict five minutes ago and they suddenly had to have like a really well thought out statement it's it's very odd right. to me I do think it's important to speak out about things like I was I am very like outspoken about like BLM things like that that are happening like more in our backyards that like because I feel like I know more about that right but when it's like 
a situation I've never heard of or certain things that I'm like, I just don't feel like I have any sort of credibility to speak on this topic. And I don't think that a statement from me for what, like, I don't know why anyone would think that would even be helpful. Like it's, it's tough because it's like, you want to use your platform for good, but also it's a, 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 we're just like on a really weird line where I think it's become very unhealthy and it's sure. also just like scary because like we're spreading there's so many infographics that have been spread around in the past year that are just not true and right. then we there's this whole thing about them online and then it creates more like anti-whatever anti-semitism anti-whatever it is and it does more harm than good so I don't know it's just like scary because I'm like I, it worries me that we're like one going to like influencers instead of people who are like educated on that topic not that an influencer can't be but I just mean like overall mm-hmm. it just like scares me because I'm like I like I'm not sitting here like I know everything and like I have the right opinion or perspective and like I don't want just because I have a platform it, it worries me like I don't feel like I should always have to share my opinion if I don't have a like well-educated opinion you know mm-hmm. yeah and you know I, that makes a lot of sense and kind of like on a different but similar um feel like as a therapist whenever like world events like that happen I feel like I have to prepare myself for that day to only be talking about that world conflict like as soon as everything happened in Ukraine like I spent like six straight hours with clients talking about that one thing and it's like I'm still trying to wrap my head around what's Mm -hmm. happening so how am I supposed to hold space for other people's emotions around this thing when I barely have any idea of what I'm feeling or what's even going on right because I feel like it's still when something like that first happens none of us really know what's going on and so it's different versus like social media versus like one-on-one with somebody but I kind of get what you're saying about like we don't know like what uh, we don't know everything. We don't know what the right thing or like not the right thing to say is and how we feel about things. And so, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I always it's wonder definitely- like, how my therapist like deals with everyone's like essentially like, trauma dumping on them all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you just have to have really good boundaries or like yeah. self-care about and boundaries around that. Um, obviously, you know, there's more to it, but it, it can be hard, right? To have to like, yeah. I feel like when it's like different things throughout different like clients, it's one thing, but when it's like all the same thing, like when COVID was really bad yeah, or when, when like Black Lives Matter was happening and like when it's all the same thing, that's when I feel like it can feel really overwhelming versus when it's like, okay, this client, we're working with this, or like this client working with this versus like, hey, I need to talk about the conflict in Ukraine. It's like, I want to hold space for that, but also, like, that's a lot to talk about for, like, a whole day or, like, a whole week straight. Yeah, that's tough. Mm-hmm. And those are really valid points, too, because I think, you know, like you were saying, the 24-hour news cycle, we're constantly inundated with information, whereas 100 years ago, like, if you wanted to find out something that happened five states away, like, you had to wait two or three days to get that information, and now it's constantly coming to us either on the TV or social media or push notifications, whatever it is, we're always so plugged in. And in a way we're expected to like be experts on everything. And then we expect people with an online presence to comment on everything. And like you were saying, like, if you're not an expert in it, you don't necessarily need to let everyone know. Like sometimes it's better to be like, okay, I'm going to, research this a little bit on my own and like do my own thing before I make a comment about it because like if somebody were to ask me about the war in Ukraine and I'm like well I don't really know much about it 
besides just what I have seen on the news, like I need to do my own research. Not everybody has to be making like a public statement about it. Cause I don't know. I think it's so easy for people to gang up on influencers and people on social media, just because they think that they should have it all together. And it's like, we need to remember that these are just normal people that are just posting what they're doing online. Mm -hmm. Like everybody's learning as we go. Not everybody knows everything. Yes, I agree. It is kind of fascinating what you were saying, Kenzie, about how we turn to influencers for like statements on news and like not that influencers or people that post online are not intelligent or informed. It's just interesting that like our brains have been so wired to social media for the last like even from like MySpace, right? Like if we you guys were on MySpace and how like the top 10 friends was like the most like important thing in the whole world. It's just they're actually like adding like a like a phone use disorder to the DSM, like our where we all this disorder um, manual, and it's just kind of crazy how social media can impact us in such significant ways that I feel like it's not talked about it enough. How like social media is great because it like people talk more about openly about things. Like Ashley was saying with your podcast, like talking or your platform talking about mental health, like that's awesome. I feel like it can also be like harmful if like we're taking in so much and we don't know how to filter filter for ourselves what we're taking in Mm -hmm. that's so interesting though they're adding that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I actually at the beginning of 2021 I deleted all my personal social media because I was literally using it like I was so overwhelmed with just the constant inundation of information and I was only going to do it for the first 30 days of the year and then I was like I just feel so much less stressed because I was using it almost as a coping mechanism, just like scrolling and, you know, like avoiding my anxieties and stuff by just scrolling Mm -hmm. on social media. And now I probably do that more by reading, which I guess is probably a little bit healthier avoidance tactic, but maybe it just shifted from social media to reading, but at least I get some good books out of it, I guess. But (laughs) no, I feel that. Um, Would you say that you've had, like, a good reaction from your social media once you kind of started opening up about, like, different mental health topics and anxiety? Yeah, because I think it's always something that I've touched on. Like, I've had anxiety my entire life, so I think it's always something I've been open about. Um, But even, I mean, sharing certain things, there's definitely a lot that I don't share at all online or, like, don't talk about. But as far as, like, just opening up with what I have, like, mental health-wise, there's always been, like, positive reactions. Mm-hmm. I feel like mental health, and that's why we started this podcast, is because we wanted to talk about our mental health journeys in general and just, like, advocate for therapy because, obviously, Emily's a therapist. We both feel that it's just so important, and it really changed both of our lives. But I feel like once I started talking to more people in my personal life, just, like, my friends about going to therapy and just kind of normalizing it. So many people that I had no idea went to therapy were talking about how they've been in therapy for years or they want to start going. Like, it's just, I don't know. When we were in high school and college, like mental health was not talked about at all. I didn't know what anxiety was. I thought everybody just felt anxious all the time. I didn't know that it was like an actual disorder until I, Mm -hmm. you know, was an adult. So I'm really glad that's something that's 
being talked about now and therapy's really being normalized too because it's so normal it's like going to the gym or something it's like just something that you add in your routine that makes you overall a healthier person because i think a lot of people think therapy is oh you have to go because something's really wrong with you and like that's not the case at all no i agree and it's it is so funny like i've always been it was never even a thought to like not be open about going to therapy just because it's so normal in my family but the more I talk about it now with friends like the it's just it's interesting how many people will open up about either wanting to go or have been they have been going whereas they would have never said anything before but it is like I forget sometimes just because I it's because of the environment that I grew up in it was so normal I forget that it is still like a taboo topic to some people um yeah it is so interesting Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like it's a little bit more taboo with like the older generation I don't know if you've seen that as well but like with millennials and gen z it's so like normal to make a tiktok about your mental health or whatever like thank god that we're kind of shifting the narrative like that because like my family would never ever talk about therapy or mental health or acknowledge it like everything's just kind of swept under the rug and I know a lot of people um have kind of had that experience too so I'm so glad that your family is like so open to going to therapy and talking about it too yeah it's I think it's definitely gotten so much better with like the younger generations Mm -hmm. absolutely do you um since you talk so much about like mental health and whatnot on your um, platform do you ever feel like okay I need to I know we talked touched a little bit on boundaries but do you ever feel like there's just some things like like I'm just not, I'm not going to share or I'm not ready to share like have you found that um, I guess that balance of okay there's some things that I'm only going to share with my therapist or like with my close friends versus on social media and trying to balance like being open being vulnerable but then also like protecting your own wellness when it comes to like your mental health yeah, I would. I mean, I would say most of everything that I go through, I don't share on the internet. So it just depends. Like, I kind of do it based off of like how I'm feeling, or if it's like actually like if I feel almost like he- not healed, but like if I feel like what I would have to say would even be helpful at all, mm-hmm. or if it's like a lighter thing. Like to me, like not that this is like a light thing, but like it's easier for it's easier for me to talk about like imposter syndrome than it is about like grief or something. So it just depends on like the topics. There are some that I just like don't talk about online because I know it wouldn't be helpful to me at all. Um, But it just kind of depends. I don't really have like a set rule. It just is like how I feel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got it. And with imposter syndrome, I feel like you're, um, and you know, correct me if this isn't the case for you, but I feel like for you, part of the way that you navigate imposter syndrome is by showing up, right? Like authentically, would you say that that's accurate? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like a lot of people, uh, like when I posted on our um, therapy page and was like, oh, we're interviewing Kenzie Elizabeth. Do anyone have any questions for her? I feel like the the questions I saw the most was like, how is she so confident? Like, Do you feel like it's confidence or do you feel like it's showing up or just doing it anyways? Like, what do you feel like it is for you? I feel like... The one thing about me that I I was born this way, like if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. So that could be something as small as like uh, going on a walk in the morning or as uh, like, or I'm going to start a new company. Like 
it whatever for whatever reason I've always been this way and I think I get it for my dad my dad has also been very supportive of me so I think I've always had like a natural confidence I just always have had that and I don't know why I but then I Ed Milet said this thing one time and I was like this is where my confidence comes from and it was confidence is built by making small promises to yourself and keeping them and I've always done that but because that's like if I say I'm going to do something I do it so I don't know like I think I had I I really don't know because I would say I am a naturally very confident person and I think it comes from that and I think it also comes from like having a dad who really instilled that in me but I really don't, I don't know other, the one thing I will say is that like, if I say I'm going to do something, I do it. So like I make promises myself and I keep them. And that definitely, I think has built confidence over time. Um, and I, but I'm also someone who like, I want to be like the healthiest that I can be. And I want to also be like the most, most efficient I can be. And I just know that like my relationship with myself and the confidence I have in myself is like the most important thing in my life. So it's always been something that like I've prioritized but I will say, like, I did kind of, like, I have just kind of always been this way. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's so interesting because I feel like that's a question that a lot of, like, in- influencers or, like, people with platforms get. Like, oh, how are you so confident? So it's, it's like, it's cool to see that that's something that's always been there for you and, like, really installed by your dad. And then also, like, showing up. Like, I talk to my clients about that all the time. It's just, like, you got to show up for yourself. Like you're the only person who has to live in your shoes. You're the only person that has to deal with like not doing the things that you want to do for yourself or dealing with that, like uh, anxiety or guilt. And one of the ways that we work through anxiety and guilt is by like doing the thing that we're anxious about. Like if we ever like, Oh, I'm really scared to do this. Like, like Ashley and I starting this podcast, like we were scared to do it, but like we just did it. Right. I feel like that Mm -hmm. makes sense that yes, one, it's been something that you just kind of always had. And then also, showing up for yourself and make keeping those promises because the less promises we keep to ourselves like the the further we get away from like our relationship with ourselves, and it's it's an important relationship as it seems like you know yeah no I totally agree yeah I mean when we started this podcast we were like oh what's this person that we went to college with five years ago gonna think about which is like, who cares at the end of the day? And that's just something you have to keep reminding yourself. And Kinsey, I'm sure you've experienced this as well. Like, is that something you had to deal with, especially when you were in high school with like posting videos on YouTube and people at your school just not getting it? Because I feel like, I don't know, especially in high school, kids are like, it's just such a rough time for everyone. And when I started too, it was like not a cool thing to be doing at all. Um, I would say most of the people that I knew were incredibly nice about it. Like I was not like, I had friends who were like bullied and had to be like homeschooled. Like that was not the case, but I also was a floater socially. So like I had different friends in different friend groups. So I feel like I had like a good enough friend in every single friend, like group of people that would like stand up for me kind of thing. But, um, I also just saw it like when I started my channel, like I like, everything started as a hobby but then I was like I had like a vision for what I wanted to do which is what I'm doing now and I just kind of knew it would be part of it and it never it never really bothered me but the thing is people really I got so lucky people were really not that mean like there was I moved out my senior year of high school there was one video that I was already living in LA that like the soccer team made which like at our high school everyone was like so nice but like anyone who was mean it was typically like soccer girls and there was a lot of really, really sweet soccer girls. So it's like not everyone, obviously. Um, 
and they made a video like making fun of me vlogging and like said my my like name is Kenzie Piper and said it in the video and I was like I can hear it and then I, I think I replied and I was like, I don't know what I did, but like they were going to a soccer game. So I was like, go Lions, whatever. And then um, the girl texted me this whole thing about how it wasn't about me. And she like really respects and looks up to me and whatever. And like was the one who said the name. I share that story because like th- two or three of those girls have since tried to start YouTube channels. So it's like, it's always the people that secretly I think want to do it. And I just like, I'm not, it's not like, I'm not, like, mad. Even at the time, I was just, like, whatever. Like, I, it's more so, like, I feel sad for other people that, like, that's... Like, I would just never... I don't have that in me to, like, be that mean to someone or to, like, be so hateful. Um, So it just, like, made me sad, too, because I was, like, that's just, like, such a small way of thinking, too. It's, like, not a life that I'd want to live. And then, of course, they, like, try to start... There's been... And then most, so many of those girls have, like, reached out for favors over the years, and I'm, like... You, like what like it's it is so crazy yeah I'm like I'll, I'll pass like yeah like do you remember 2015 like I don't think well, so <laughs> like it was just so crazy because like I don't understand like how you would go from one to the other like shamelessly like you don't have you know I'm like that's yeah. just I, I think also with me like I don't hold grudges so I think that they're coming to me thinking I'm not gonna care which I don't care but I'm not gonna like shout out your random business when I get paid right. to do that my job that you made fun of like I don't understand yeah, <laughs> yeah. right it's like the it's like the guy who made fun of you in high school for being ugly or something like then sliding into your dms like 10 yep. years later it's like mm, I don't think so yeah but you I, missed your shot yeah yeah. Hard but yeah but your response to that seems really like emotionally mature just be like okay was this about me but anyways good luck on your tournament like that's awesome and I feel like maybe that's why they were like oh no it wasn't about you because I feel like maybe if you came in hot like coming yeah. back at them they would have been like uh you know kept going so the way you just stopped that that's really cool yeah I think it was just like kind of embarrassing not for it for them I think but it was just right situation I think sure. when I first see people acting like that the first thing I assume is projection. Like they're just projecting like their insecurities onto you for whatever reason. Like they feel like they wish they had a following or they wish they had the confidence to be on social media like you are and they're not. So the easiest way for them to like cope with themselves is to make fun of it for whatever reason, which is really unfortunate. But do you ever watch um, or listen to or read Brene Brown? Because she has a really great... I love yeah, her. we're yes, we're huge <laughs> Brene lovers over here. But how she talked about like somebody that's either like more advanced than you or doing the same thing as you is never going to make fun of you. Yes, or talk badly about you. My friends Julian Hunter about this, like that exact quote, and I was like, I always think about that because like it's never the people who are doing more than you ever. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, she talks about how if you if you wouldn't like if that person wouldn't get in the ring with you like that's her metaphor then why are you taking advice or opinions or like taking what they say to heart when they won't even get in the the ring and do all the things that you're trying to do or doing yeah. it's great advice mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah we love her yeah <laughs> she's like this is a Brene Brown stand podcast <laughs> yeah. especially as a therapist she's like everyone always jokes like in the therapy field like it's like everyone wants to be Brene Brown 
So just to pivot a little bit, I know you've been open on your channel about talking about having PMDD, which I also have as well, if you're comfortable talking about that just a little bit. Um, I feel like it's so like people don't have any idea what it is. I feel like I'm constantly explaining it to people whenever I talk about it. So basically, like the scientific definition is it has physical and behavioral symptoms that usually resolve like with the onset of your period starting. And for me, it's very common after ovulation. It's literally like heightened anxiety. It could be OCD, intrusive thoughts, like not wanting to leave the house. I mean, it can be different every single month. So can you talk about your journey with that or just like how old were you when uh, you kind of found out what this was? So I noticed I was probably like 20, 20, 21, I want to say, I think maybe no 20. When I started, it was one summer and it was like the week before every period that I was having, I was so just like depressed, like not in the way, like I struggle with anxiety and depression my entire life. Like I know what it feels like. It wasn't me being like, when people just like loosely throw the word around, it was like, there was a dark cloud over my head and it was so extreme. It was like one day I'd be fine. The next day I'd be so bad. And then I, every time I start my period, I emotionally feel fine again. So I was like, this is odd, but I had never had like mood swings, my period or anything like that before. So I was like, maybe this is what they're talking about. So I kind of just like wrote it off and then it just kept getting like worse and worse. And I finally, my stepmom's a doctor and I was like talking to her about it one day and she's like, you should go in and see, like, maybe that sounds like PMDD. And again, I hadn't heard of it. Most people that I talk about it with, have, there's only been one person that I've ever talked about it with who knew what it was because she had it. Um, and it was early COVID that it. I finally, I think it's because, like, also I hate going to the doctors. And, like, that's when, like, doctors, like, appointments were, like, online too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I finally started to get treated for it. And then, like, I got diagnosed with it. But it... It is actually awful. I'm not going to lie. It is really horrible. Some months are not as bad as others. And then some months are just like really, really, really bad. Um, but yeah, I always talk about it because I'm like, I feel like so many more girls have this than, the, than we would ever know because they just like, I just thought it was like, oh, maybe this is just normal, you know? Right. Oh, absolutely. Like I had no idea what it was until I started journaling every day. Actually, I had a positive journal and a negative journal because I just felt like I needed to dump all of my mm-hmm. anxieties onto paper. And I started realizing like the couple days before my period, it would get worse and worse and worse to literally like the day before, right before my period, the one or two days, I would literally be like, I barely got through this day alive. Mm-hmm. Like, I just feel like I'm going to die. And then I started talking to it about my therapist and I'm like, it's always right before my period. And she looked in the DSM. She's like, maybe you have this PMDD. And then I went and talked to my uh, just regular doctor about it. And I started Prozac, which helped like so tremendously. But it still can be so debilitating, especially once you know you're kind of in that week or that day range of the symptoms. You're just like, I know you can't do anything about it until your period's going to start. And it's so, so rough. So I'm really glad that you talk about it on your platform too, because I feel like it almost gets dismissed when you can talk to people or you try to explain it because they're just like, oh, it's like PMS. Like everybody deals with that. And it's so much worse than that. 
And like you said, I feel like so many women deal with it, but I don't know if it's something that is underfunded or maybe it's because men don't deal with it. So it's not as well researched. I'm yeah, not sure. Probably. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but for some reason, it's just not talked about. Like my therapist didn't know a ton about it besides what she researched after I talked to her. And my general practitioner didn't know a ton about it until I talked to her either. So it's definitely not yet, you know, a super common thing. And it's not like there's one way to diagnose it. It's not like you can take a test, like a blood test and be like, oh, you have the marker for PMDD. It's you have to, it's like process of elimination. So it can be so, so frustrating, but I don't know. I could go on about women's hormones forever because I feel like it just has such an impact on mental health. No, for sure. Is that hard to manage with like your your job like being um if you have to travel or like if you have to be at certain events or things like that yeah it's just something I have to like push through like I don't really have a choice but it definitely like I it it makes me like so mad like I hate it yeah I know I feel that because I'm a cycle instructor and when I'm going through those certain days I'm like I cannot get up on this little stage and pretend like I am peppy and trying to encourage people when I literally just want to die and I just Mm want to go lay in bed and read my Kindle or whatever for the next five days. Like, I don't know, you really have to push through it. So I really admire you for that because it's freaking tough, especially on the really, really bad months. It is the worst. Yeah. Do you ever try to, like, I know some things you probably just have to go to and suck it up. Do you try to plan around those at all? Or, because it does it come? No, because my period is now irregular, so I can't. Oh. Yeah. That's got to be hard. Yeah. It's just, like, always a little surprise, you know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I can always, yeah. I can always tell, like, during the month when it's about to start because I'm, like, wait. Like, I'm catastrophizing about something that 24 hours ago wouldn't have bothered me or I'm getting, like, OCD and constantly thinking about something on a loop where I'm like, hold up, maybe it's just my PMDD. Like, let me go isolate my room for a little while and just, (laughs) like, see if I can try to work through it. I check my calendar, like, the second I feel weird because I do track it just to see if there's, like, a chance, even though it's, Uh like, so regular. And I'm like, all right, that's what it was. Because if I know that that's what it is, I'll stop catastrophizing as much because, like, I just know that I'm not making, like, logical sense anyway. So even though I naturally, I still do it, it doesn't, like, hold as much weight. I don't freak out about it as much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like you're gaslighting yourself almost before you realize <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, it's rough. Yeah, who, need, who needs other people to gaslight you when you can just do it for yourself? No, literally. Yeah. Quote of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you have a clothing line. I know you already have some, but you have another one coming out soon, right? Yes. In a few weeks, actually. It's got to be so oh, exciting. exciting. Was, that, was that like always yeah. something you dreamed of doing? Yeah, I've wanted to have a clothing line since like even way before YouTube stuff. Um, and then one of my friends from college, we interned together. And I we've been wanting to do it. I, we first started having talks about this in like 2019. So it's just finally happening. So we're very excited. It comes out in April. So this month in a few weeks. Um, But yeah, it's very exciting. 
Mm-hmm. Any imposter syndrome with that too? Like, oh wait, I'm a clothing Actually, designer. Actually, no. And I was thinking about this the other day. And the reason, because I just, I'll get overwhelmed. Like the Kinsey Elizabeth stuff is so much. There's just so much more that goes into that than has gone into even a business that I've had to invest so much more money into. Mm-hmm. But like, as far as like being overwhelmed, I just have a lot more going on on like my own stuff than even with a new clothing brand. But I am only thinking like what needs to be like I'm not thinking like five years down the line what I need to be doing and doing this and whatever I'm just focusing on like each drop so it's actually a lot less overwhelming to me because I'm just like all right once we get this then we'll do this once we get this then we'll do this instead of being like I need to work on things that are not are like five years away so Mm -hmm. it's for whatever reason not been as anxiety inducing Mm -hmm. that's awesome it actually makes a lot of sense from a psychological standpoint, like mm-hmm. not future tripping about things yeah. that like are years away or even months away and just focusing on like one thing at a time, like the whole like take it one day at a time thing like actually does work when it comes to our mental health and like even like the things that we're doing with our life. And so that's that's good to hear that that's been working. Yes, I was like, who knew they were not kidding about this? It actually does work. <laughs> right. That's like my favorite thing when clients come and it's like really basic things like I love like the the stupid mental health walk idea because like things like just getting up and moving your body work I mean obviously they don't fix everything but it's awesome when a client's like yeah I did this and it it really helped I'm like yeah see it's not um, we think it's a lot harder than like it is to take care of ourselves and like of course there's some things that like actually really are hard to navigate but sometimes we do just like need to take that stupid mental health walk and like we'll feel better so that's good absolutely Mm -hmm. well thank you so so much for coming on and talking to us it was so great to finally meet you and talk to you and I hope you start to feel a little bit better soon and coconut Thanks, (laughs) thanks for having me Yes, of course. I love this chat. Yeah, thanks for uh, toughing through your sickness. (laughs) Yes, thank you. Alrighty, we hope you enjoyed today's interview as much as we did. Um, As always, if anything resonated with you, always advocate to reach out to a professional, to have someone to talk to, everything about. And you can find us on the Because We Went to Therapy Instagram. And we are about to make a TikTok. So please follow us on the TikTok because I don't know how to use TikTok, but we're going to figure it out. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a review and give us a rating. It really helps out the show. And yeah, thanks everyone. We will chat with you next week. Love you, Em. Let's crash.